Welcome back to Trojan State, everybody. You know, this was an interesting week in regards to so-called interreligious dialogue. Uh, the Vatican Radio reports that the World Methodist Council opened a new ecumenical office in Rome uh, recently, and uh, that they met these leaders from this World Baptist or Methodist, excuse me, uh, council from Methodist Council of Europe, Methodist Church in Britain, all these sorts of leaders, uh, met with Pope Francis on Thursday this week. And uh, Vatican Radio interviewed uh, Jillian Kingston. Apparently she's the lay leader, of the vice president of the World Methodist Council. And Jillian is from Ireland, and just listen to what she had to say. I think ecumenical relations work on a number of levels. And as I see this, there is the ecumenical theological dialogue. The longest standing of these dialogues is our dialogue with the Roman Catholic Church. The ecumenical project must work at the level of church leadership and structures. And then thirdly, it must, of course, work among the people of God. Notice the phrase, the people of God. The church is now using, the Catholic Church has now successfully spread this concept, this diabolical concept, to all quote-unquote Christians. Everyone's a person of God. I mean, the Pope, when he met with them, said, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, and we come together united in the faith that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead. This baptismal faith makes us truly brothers and sisters. The Pope said he was pleased with the Methodist ecumenical office being opened in Rome, and that it is a sign of our growing closeness to overcome all that stands in the way of our full communion. Well, <laughs> what stands in the way of communion is that these folks reject that the Pope is the Pope, that he is the vicar of Christ. The Pope says, This world today is afflicted by so much evil. We, therefore, must join together, inspired by the light of Easter, and become signs of love. Well, I forget who said it. But it is natural for man to focus on what they have in common. Man is a rational animal who desires peace and pleasantness and no suffering in this world. The flesh very much desires that. And this sort of rationalism, this sort of reasoned-based thinking, has seeped its way into the church since Vatican II with ecumenism. Instead of saying, you know, what stands in the way of our full communion is that you accept the Pope, you accept the sacraments, you accept and submit to the faith and doctrine of all time, and that you come into the church and believe that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ, soul and divinity of Christ, and that he was serious when he said, he who listens to my followers, specifically the apostles, listens to me. These people, these, this woman, Jillian, is utterly confused. And ecumenism keeps her in her confused state. If you believe something that is false, let's say you believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. You're living in a dream world. You're living in a fantasy. You're living in a fiction. You're living something made up in your mind. The same thing goes for religion. If you're not adhering to the truth, the one true Catholic faith established by Christ, divinely protected by the Holy Spirit, doctrinally, 
You're living in a fantasy world. You're living and following the beliefs of the persons, the person who founded Methodism, the person who founded uh, being a Baptist, the persons who founded being Quakers. You're following those men. You're not following Christ objectively. They are encircling these enemies of Christ and his one true religion, the Vatican. There's Jewish synagogues in Rome. There's these ecumenical Methodist organizations. Just the other, I think it was a year ago, Martin Luther Square was named in Rome. And the Vatican said nothing about it. They said, oh, it's no big deal. Because, of course, the Pope's going to go and celebrate Martin Luther and what he did. Again, Pope John Paul II said Martin Luther was a profoundly religious man. This is not the mission that Christ entrusted us to. He said to convert those who are of the world and to bring them to truth and to teach them everything I have taught them. How is this so-called dialogue, which is an end of missionary activity, an end of bringing others to the truth, how is this in any way following what Christ has said? It's not. It's absolutely not. Hey, have you heard about this? The Masters golf tournament is going on down in Georgia. I don't know if you golf or not. I do. Well, I try to. I enjoy golf once in a while. Past years, I've not had the chance to do it as much as I did in years before. But, you know, all this this sports, and we haven't talked about this, but we'll dedicate a show to this more so in the future. You know, summertime's coming. We're seeing all these commercials if you have a television or just even on billboards or anything. Stay away from television, by the way. Let's watch as little as that as 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 we should, as we can, as possible. Everything's about fitness these days. I mean, they, they grow these young people from the age of five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to high school with the sole goal of being a professional. And they have these commercials that I was just watching uh, one on the, the Masters. I was watching the golf tournament. And they had... Um, Showing somebody waking up like at 4 in the morning, they get up, go for a run, they go back to their house, work out even more, then go get uh, breakfast, then go to the gym and run some more. I mean, Fulton Sheen said, the world is in crisis when men take care of their bodies more than when they take care of their souls. Now, what do we see all around us? Everything is fitness, getting in shape, going to the gym being a professional athlete, being the best athlete you are and can be. It's all about the body. It's all about the physicality. It's all about the here and now. I mean, imagine (laughs) priests are the spiritual equivalent of what professional athletes are. Yet we don't say anything about them. Interestingly enough, Catholics don't even say anything about them. I was watching, uh, you know, last fall, Notre Dame football. And Notre Dame always has, um, like, some sort of student profile or um, some highlight of their students, what good they're doing in the world. You know, they'll have, like, a segment on a senior who um, is doing, like, uh, water purification in Africa. Or they'll have on uh, a, a grad student who's working on cancer research and stuff. Why not profile one of your seminarians? 
Why not profile one of the priests who saves souls, whose duty is to purify and make whole again the the, the soul and the spiritual? That is who we should be profiling, lifting up in society. Not these fallible, many times unsober celebrities who commit adultery and are in, in unfaithful to their spouses and whose money they live with lavish lifestyles. Look, I get professional sports. People have talents. People have skills. You can go to college for free if you're good enough. Hey, I played sports in high school. I was football, baseball, swimming. I get it. But modern sports, the modern athlete, modern celebrities, the modern fitness lifestyle, everybody belongs to a gym in their 20s. Everybody has a dog when they're 28, 29, and 30, when they're recently married. Newly married couples have pets. They put off having families. And when they do have families, they have maybe one or two children at the most. Everything is focused on pleasure and being in shape and the finest wines and the finest foods and the finest clothing. All this individualism. Dare to be great. Well, dare to be holy. Don't dare to speak out or be brave and what however the world sees that. No. Dare to submit yourself to your spiritual director. Dare to humble yourself to those who may know more. Don't go after every little thing because you're intellectually curious. Curiosity can be a sin. And it is a sin for too many people. How many intellectuals who have blogs or have columns and have podcasts you know, think so highly of themselves? Knowledge puffeth up. This world is run by very proud men. And it's all the work of human hands and human thinking. We need to be very, very careful about latching ourselves on to the way in which this modern society is going. Obviously, we need to call out corruption. Obviously, we need to keep an eye on them. The catechism in one hand, the New York Times in the other. Hey, let's do it. I'm right there. This show is about that. But don't overemphasize your body. Because what are you? You're dust. Your dirt, your food for worms. And on that topic, have you heard about this? David Delayden, you may remember him. Several months ago, he was undercover at Planned Parenthood facilities in Texas. In order to gain entry to them, he had to have a, basically it was a fake ID. He had to go undercover with incognito. And he taped Planned Parenthood facilities basically haggling over the price of body parts of aborted children. And the evidence was very, very straightforward. Pro-abortionists said, oh, these were doctored tapes and they were edited, heavily edited. Well, the grand jury in Houston Instead of charging Planned Parenthood for doing something illegal, which selling dead baby parts is illegal, they charged David Delayden with the crime of tampering with documents that now he may face up to 20 years in prison. And moreover, in California, 
where Daleiden resides, the Attorney's General Office of the state just recently, just this past week, went in and raided his house and took all of the evidence that he had, even unreleased documents, even unreleased tapes of other encounters he had with Planned Parenthood officials. And of course, we've come to learn that the Attorney General in this state has been supported in the past with thousands of dollars from Planned Parenthood. This man is a modern-day hero. He's uncovering and doing literally the Lord's work, standing up for children who are being slaughtered by persons who are, well, quite literally, doing the devil's work. They're making human sacrifice to the God of liberalism, to the God of autonomy, to the God of false gods of choice. Women who think, my body, my choice. No. God's creation, his will. And we're seeing the corruptness in our politics more and more. Thousands of dollars in multiple companies, millions of dollars, in fact, are being poured into North Carolina right now and other states that are opposing transgenderism and saying, no, gender is something that is not constructed. It is based on our chromosomes. It is based on our nature. It is based on our natural orientation. It is based on our bone structure. It is based on our muscle mass, all these sorts of things. It's something that nature endows. It's not something that we get to decide. God created us as we are, and that's that. Instead, we have billions of dollars being poured into states to pressure groups, to pressure lawmakers to go along with their gender ideology, their totalitarian ideology. This is how the left operates. And it's because, again, in truth there is charity. In error there is no charity, and they don't know how to act towards those they disagree with. It's the direction this country is going. And it's a direction lest we have our priests and bishops return to spreading the one true Catholic faith, we'll never recover. This country cannot survive without truth. Without truth, you're living in error. Christ said he is the way, the truth, the life. I am the Prince of Peace. You can do nothing without me. Well, what more evidence what more evidence do we need? Let's return to that. And let's all play our part. In whatever state in life we're doing, whatever state in life we're in. We'll be right back after this quick break on Church and State. We'll be right back with Dr. Brian McCall talking about church state relations and religious liberty. 